From the CQ Roll Call Newsroom in Washington, this is the Week Ahead Podcast, your nonpartisan news source for how Congress and the federal government shape the real world. The House Judiciary Committee will soon begin consideration of legislation to revamp a terrorist surveillance authority that has allowed the government to read emails and texts and listen to phone calls involving American citizens without a warrant. Congress granted the authority in 2008, but it sunsets at year's end, and many lawmakers have come to believe that law enforcement agencies are abusing it. I'm Sean Zeller of CQ Magazine, and I'll talk about the coming battle between security hawks and civil libertarians with Gopal Ratnam, CQ's intelligence reporter. Welcome, Gopal. Thank you, Sean. All right, Gopal. The authority in question is Section 702 of the 2008 Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Amendments Act. What does it say? So Section 702, like you said, Sean, allows the National Security Agency, which is the electronic surveillance agency of uh, the U.S. government, to specifically target foreigners living outside the United States um, who the United States government suspects may be engaged in acts of terrorism or proliferation of weapons or other um, instances where they might be intending to do harm to the United States. But like you said, in the process of collecting that electronic intelligence on foreigners, there has been um, concern and now I think some evidence that lawmakers have that shows some American citizens and American residents' information is also being collected by uh, the in this in the, in the process under this particular law. Okay, explain to us how that happens. I mean, are these American citizens whose communications are being captured? Are they engaging in phone calls with these suspected terrorists overseas? Are they emailing with them? Are they sending them text messages? Um, now, so yes, the, all of the all of the cases you mentioned uh, could happen, but there's also another aspect of it which is called in the intelligence parlance as about collection. So imagine that um, I'm a journalist and you're a journalist living uh, outside the United States and I'm communicating with you about a possible, um, you know, a terror suspect that we are investigating uh, for a journalistic article. And in the process of exchanging emails, you and I, we might mention the email or the phone number of this particular person that I would like you to go talk to. But because that then gets embedded in the email, now the NSA could potentially pick up both your information and my information. Although neither of us are targets of NSA, but because I happen to mention the name or the email or the phone number or uh, one of the other identifiers of a target, then we become swept up in that story. All right, all right, that makes sense. Um, a lot of this came to light in 2013 when Edward Snowden, who was a contractor working for the National Security Agency, released documents to the media. How, how did his revelations, Edward Snowden's revelations, affect this debate, Gopal? Um, it has affected quite a bit. So there are two elements to it. The, the two, I mean, since you bring up Snowden, there were two things that happened. He revealed two broad sets of surveillance programs run by the National Security Agency. One was the under the Patriot Act, where phone calls were being recorded and tapped. And that, that particular legislation has been reformed. And basically, the uh, Congress has said, 
um, the NSA and the intelligence agencies are not allowed to listen to the phone calls and the phone, collect the phone metadata, as it is called, of American citizens and residents. And now we're coming to the second aspect of it, which is the electronic surveillance, which is intended to target uh, foreigners. And we're once again going to be going into that debate on are Americans being swept up in this uh, electronic dragnet? We're talking today with Gopal Ratnam, CQ's intelligence reporter, about the coming surveillance debate this year, pitting security hawks against civil libertarians on the issue of domestic surveillance. All right, Gopal, my next question for you is what's going on on Capitol Hill? You're up there talking to the lawmakers. The House Judiciary Committee has proposed a bill, uh, which will be marked up soon. Are there other proposals, too? So there are a, a total of four different proposals. There's one uh, proposal by Senator Tom Cotton, uh, which essentially says this law, the current legislation, should be extended permanently and with no changes. And that's the position that the Trump administration favors, and that's the position that all the intelligence agencies back as well. Um, there is one legislation, like you referred to at the top of the program, by the House Judiciary Committee. It's a bipartisan piece of legislation that provides some limitations on what uh, the agency can collect and how it can be used. It's kind and of a compromise talk. measure. Correct. It's somewhat of a compromise measure. And then you have the Senate Intelligence Committee led by Senator Richard Burr, which has mocked up a legislation behind closed doors that we now think allows some restrictions but not as much as what the House Judiciary Committee did. And then we finally have uh, legislation, again, another bipartisan legislation backed by Senator Ron Wyden and Senator Rand Paul that actually goes the furthest in terms of providing protections, privacy protections for Americans. All right, and I think it's worth taking a moment to revisit the, the prior debate that you mentioned about the Patriot Act Authority and the collection of phone metadata. That happened in 2015. And it's shaping up very similar to this debate, where the House Judiciary Committee proposed a compromise bill. Intelligence Committee members opposed it. Civil libertarians weren't thrilled about it. But because of the dynamics of this issue with the sunset that happens at year's end, where the authority goes away entirely, the compromisers, the Judiciary Committee panel, won out. Is that the way things are shaping up this year, or have the dynamics changed? Um, I think the, uh, the, the, the legislation proposed by the Judiciary Committee should be seen as a start because even the lawmakers themselves, uh, Congressman uh, you know, Robert Goodlatte of Virginia and uh, the Congressman John Conyers, they do acknowledge that the way they have written the bill may not be the final version. I spoke with Senator Ron Wyden in his office this week, and he is convinced that the bill that he is sponsoring strikes the right balance between privacy and security by providing more protections for American citizens without compromising the security uh, requirements of the intelligence agencies. You can bet that in terms of formal action, they'll wait until the last minute. And then at the last minute, like right before the Christmas holidays, they'll say, my God, it's a dangerous world. Roger, they, what you're talking about the people a... who are for the status quo. Okay. That includes some of your colleagues. Right. right. The, you know, I, I always call it the status quo caucus. The people who are not for reform, they'll wait until the last minute and then say, 
It's such a dangerous world. We're going into the holidays. Our people will be at risk during the holidays. Do you really want to do that? And, you know, I have to come back and then say, there is a smart way to do it that allows us to target foreign threats without giving up the rights of law-abiding people. And then there's a way that won't accomplish that. And he's the one also who led the um, fight against the Patriot Act and the phone metadata collection. And he told me that people had underestimated him and his uh, co-sponsors of the legislation back in 2015. And he eventually won out. And he thinks there could be a repeat of the same thing. Although the Trump administration, intelligence agencies, and several national security hawks think that Wyden is not uh, Wyden's position is not widely um, supported. He thinks that he has a strong case to make, which is more privacy for American citizens. I also uh, did some reporting on this issue this week. I talked with Jim Sensenbrenner, who is the author of the Patriot Act, but has since been a reformer of it, someone who was concerned about the Snowden revelations. And he told me that he expects when the House Judiciary Committee considers its bill that there will be friendly amendments to it that will please the civil libertarians. That'll get it closer, perhaps, to the Wyden, um, the Wyden and Rand Paul legislation. Have you heard that as well? Uh, that is possible, but I think this real sticking point, we talked about the about le- uh, collection, which is incidental collection of American citizens' data. And the National Security Agency has said that they will voluntarily stop that. They've said that they would already stop doing that. And But what Senator Wyden and some of his uh, supporters uh, are calling for is to put that in the legislation and ban it forever. That's one. And the second one is what is called, what the civil libertarians are calling the backdoor search loophole, which is the information that's available with the NSA that is then available for the FBI to search in case there is a particular need, if there is a particular information that is necessary for a counterterrorism investigation in the United States, then the FBI can search this database. Now, the key question there is right now, FBI can do what is called a query to see if something of one of the identifiers, either an email or a phone number or an address or any other particular data, can be found in this database that is of an American person. And now the key question is, the sum of the legislation says... You can you can do the search, but if you want to actually look at the information in that database, then you have to get a warrant. But Senator Wyden's position is you can't even begin to look at it. You've got to get a warrant before you even type in a query to see if there is a match. So that's where the subtleties lie, and that's the difference. Right. I'm here today with Gopal Ratnam, CQ's intelligence reporter, and we're talking about the debate over Section 702 of a 2008 law that allows the government to survey texts, emails, and phone calls, sometimes involving American citizens. So, Gopal, we have basically these three camps, the the compromisers in the middle represented by the House Judiciary Committee, the civil libertarians represented by Ron Wyden and Rand Paul, and they're more aligned with the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union. And then we have the security hawks represented by the intelligence committees and President Trump. Now, the, the security hawks, let's talk about them for a minute. They risk at year's end losing this power entirely if they insist on its permanent reauthorization in its current form, right? So they, they may be forced to accept a compromise or lose the power. 
That's likely. Again, I think since you mentioned uh, Congressman Sensenbrenner, my sense talking to people is there is really no appetite in the House for a blanket reauthorization of the law with no changes. I don't think that's going to fly. So I think ultimately there will be compromise, and it's a question of how much of a compromise. Is it compromise to the extent the House Judiciary Committee wants, or is it a compromise of the kind Senator Wyden has in mind, and that's where the debate is going to be. Right, and between those two camps, the Judiciary Committee, which wants a compromise, and the Civil Libertarians, which would prefer this authority be really restricted, those folks on the far left of this debate, the Civil Libertarians, they could just throw up their hands and say, okay, the, the power goes away. We're, you know, we, we don't mind that, right? I mean, so they, well, have I a, think they have that card to play. True, they do. But I think, I think they are also mindful that, as the intelligence agencies say and the Trump administration says, this is a very valuable tool in the world that we live in. I don't think even the people on the left are wanting to abandon this authorization altogether. And so I think, I think Senator Wyden himself has said that he's, again, not asking for a blanket denial of any permission for FBI to search the database. He's saying there are emergency exceptions that he has built into the legislation in case of a very rapidly developing case. The FBI can still search the database but has to be validated after the fact by a warrant. All right. And since that 2015 debate, there have been a number of terrorist attacks, catastrophic terrorist attacks in Europe, and there have been shootings in the United States that have alarmed people about security issues. So does that affect the debate at all? Does that give the security hawks any um, additional clout than they might have had a few years back? I think it does. And I think the incidents you're referring to, the shooting at the nightclub in Orlando, Florida, and the shooting at the government office in San Bernardino, California, these are two cases that the national security hawks point to as examples where um, you know, Americans were influenced by foreign-based uh, organizations and terror groups, and they cite that as examples why the law should be preserved as it is. And so I think there are even people on the left who are concerned that the balance between privacy and security could be tilting in favor of security as these incidents uh, continue to multiply. All right. Well, they'll have to make a decision by December 31st, go Paul. So we'll be looking for your reports on how it all comes down. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm Sean Zeller. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One. And for more on this and other stories, visit rollcall.com or find us on Twitter at CQNow or at rollcall. You can also follow Gopal at at G underscore Ratnam or me at Sean Zeller. Thanks so much.